Of all the things that you could bet on this game, I feel so rock solid about this. Welcome into the NFL on Fox podcast presented by Verizon. I am Dave Hellman. Super Bowl week rolls on, and I am particularly excited for today's show because I've got some company here in the studio with me. I spent a lot of time here by myself. That is not the case today. It's a Super Bowl in Las Vegas. Of course, there's a gambling element to this, and who better to help me go through it all then the guys, our friends from the Bear Bets podcast, Chris, the Bear Felica, and Jeff Schwartz joining me in studio today. Guys, thank you. I'm glad to have some company. I'm, I've been tired of him. I'll, I'll follow along. I finally get to actually have a conversation with someone else now. It's great. Which, you know, y'all, you know, Bear Bets is going all week, just like the NFL on Fox podcast. If you don't listen to it, Please, I mean, they'll take you on a far deeper dive of the of the gambling aspect of everything than I could ever hope to. So please go subscribe to that. Go find all of us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, YouTube. You know, you know the drill. You know where to find it, guys. I'm I'm particularly I'm excited to talk to y'all about this because I mean y'all y'all live and breathe breathe this right. So for starters, I know the Super Bowl and the gam and gambling they've gone hand in hand forever, but does it feel any way surreal to y'all to see a Super Bowl happening basically on the Las Vegas Strip? I mean, it just feels very symbolic of the way the league has kind of embraced gambling here over the last few years. I'm stunned. Like, there are people, longtime Vegas residents, longtime people who have covered the, the gambling industry, and certainly in that city, that never, ever, ever thought that they would see this day. And, and to have a professional team there, a, an NHL team there, a baseball team there, and now the Super Bowl and the NFL. I mean, we, we, we've known the NFL stance on gambling for a long time, and now uh, the, the partners, the fact that the, the biggest game is in that city, uh, I think it, it goes to show how the, the emotions and, and everything has kind of turned and viewpoints have turned and uh, as we get more educated and we kind of see the acceptance uh, not only in this country but around the world. So it, it's great. I think it was less than 10 years ago now when the NFL was upset that Tony Romo was hosting. Yep. Did a, a fantasy, fantasy football, football convention. convention. That's right. For like a $1,000 prize or whatever it was in Vegas. And that was, what, 2015? Something like yeah. that, yeah. And now we have the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. So clearly they've gone over it. The partnerships with the, with the gambling companies and the wagering companies. And, you know, look, this is what. The world is now, right? It's what the country is. Where a lot of states are legalizing it now, even more. Uh, my home state's doing it in in March. Like it's you have to embrace it, and the NFL's doing it. It's it, it, so it's so glad you said that about the Tony Romo thing for about ten years ago. I remember uh, my former job when this is probably around ten years ago, maybe or so as well. It, with when we were talking about Super Bowl odds or odds to win uh, whatever award, like you couldn't say Super Bowl. You couldn't have like team logo that like if you wanted to the odds to win pro football championship is what you have to you used to have to put the big game on, on, right? on, on yeah. a graphic and it was 
New it would be New York dash N and it would be like a blue a blue color swatch with a red striper New York dash A and it would be a a green spot. Well, to, be we're, fair, we're, to be fair, New York dash A didn't actually. Yeah, happen. New York dash A hasn't hasn't been close <laughs> and it will never happen. But right. you, you you couldn't put like Patriots. You have to put New England or or Philadelphia. Team logos, team nicknames weren't even allowed. So like, and here we are now. It's great to go. I mean. 10 short years yep. and yeah i mean you can see the strip from allegiance stadium i just i i can't get over that it's going to be so cool to see on sunday the other aspect of this and i'm curious for y'all's perspective again y'all y'all live and breathe this and like, i mean i can i can talk gambling well enough to hold a conversation I'm, i certainly can't hope to keep pace with you guys and that's what i think is so funny the super bowl reminds me of march madness in a way because you know, when March Madness rolls around, it doesn't matter if you've seen a minute of college basketball, right? Everybody's got a bracket. Everybody's an expert on which four seed is going to get upset. <laughs> it feels that way for the Super Bowl, too, where no matter how much you know about gambling, like everybody's in a squares league. Everybody's got the, the, the prop bet going. Is that is it frustrating or fun for y'all as guys who live this to kind of be swept up in that? It's fun as accepted now, obviously, right? right? It's fun that people seek out the advice because they are gambling as well. But look, you have to understand that Vegas builds towers because of people that bet in the Super Bowl, right? Like they're, it's it's hard to win in the Super Bowl. You know what you're doing. But I like that it's accepted now, right? That people enjoy looking for wagers and there's different markets now, of course. Bear, I mean, we talked about this the other day, like the, yeah. the Taylor Swift market. Taylor, <laughs> the, you know, the, oh, we'll the, get to the, that. You know, the, the cross sport market that it is now. So I like that it's embraced, it's talked about, and that it's open and people admit that they do it. It's fun, though, because if you're at a Super Bowl party and you're with friends and family and watching the squares pools are fun. Having your, your, your wife or your friend or your significant other, like, betting on the whomever, the Eagles, because they like green instead of red, like, like, like stupid stuff like that. And it's fun until they win their bet based on absolutely nothing other than <laughs> Correct, a, a right. jersey or a color. And, and, and you're breaking down numbers and this and that, and you lose. It's fun until you get to that point. So with that in mind... And, and again, please go find the Bear Bets podcast. I mean, they can break down good bets, ideas for we try. However, however deep you want to get with it. But if you know, if you're just an NFL fan listening to this, do y'all have a like? What's your advice for like a strategy <laughs> for betting the Super Bowl? Like, is it as as general as as picking the winner, or like do you start with prop bets? Like, what would be a, a strategy for somebody that's trying to get some action for Sunday? Wager on everything. No. Um, uh, look, clear, I, uh, clear uh, positive uh, yeah, TV right um, there. Yeah, look, obviously the number one thing, the, the, the disclaimer is you only wager as much as you can afford to lose, essentially. So let's start with that, okay? But then I think you just, if you, you root for things you want to see. I mean, that's simply what it is. Like, so if you want to see someone score a touchdown, put money on that. Because you want to be at the game, wherever you are, home, party, rooting for that thing to happen right now. We're degenerates, like we bet for unders, right? I'm sure most people are not betting unders that don't right. bet very often, but we're okay rooting for someone to not play as well in the game. But I think if you're just a casual wagerer, oh, Travis Kelsey score a touchdown. I like Travis Kelsey. Put money on him to score a touchdown. I like so-and-so. I like to me, that's when you you keep it simple that way. If you want to get creative with it, you can certainly listen to our podcast. We'll tell you what we think. But that's the way I would do it if you're casual. You, you bet on, oh, I, I like Usher. I'll put on some money on him, to some halftime thing to do. Or I like Taylor Swift. That's, I think, how you do it if you're a casual wager. Yeah, I think Jeff hit on it with, with the props. It, it, and, and it's something that it, it seems simple and elementary, rudimentary. But, but a lot of times you don't see people do it. Like, if, you, if you're a prop better, 
and you want to bet overs, bet early. Yes. Because a lot of people, public, they want to see whomever have a big game. They want to see points. All those those numbers will typically move up throughout the week. So what you see a lot of professional bettors do is they will wait until later in the week when these numbers have been, say, uh, you've had a, I'm just throwing a random, a, a Christian McCaffrey rushing yardage prop it. Maybe it opened up at 88 or 89, and now it's going to be bet up to 96, 97, maybe in some spots. The professional bettors will come in and pick off the 97 or 96 and go under, getting the value there. So you, the professional bettors will tend to wait until later when they get maybe what they perceive as value on, on a number where they can go over after a lot of people have bet the, the other the overs up. totally it's terrifying to think of the amount of thought that goes into this i did and this is this is my own elementary question i'm curious about the spread for a game like this you know it's it's hovering it's less than three points mm -hmm. right now you see it between one and a half and two and a half depending if you're just and if you're just trying to bet that and knowing i i looked this up i mean only one super bowl has been decided by less than a field goal in history and I, I, I think 10% of regular season games this year have been decided by less than a field goal. When you're measuring all that out, Chiefs plus two, plus two and a half, is it worth it to make a spread bet or are you safer going with the money line? Like, what's your thought process there? I like it in, in a game like this with the number sitting at two. Now, the odds of a game landing on one are very slim. The odds of landing on two now with the two-point conversion are a little bit better, but I would rather just pay the tax and lay 125 or something on the money line with San Francisco. The favorite, I'm, I'm just going to pick the winner. If it lands on one, lands on two, I win, and I'm not going to worry about any any two-point conversions or whatever late. But if I like the underdog, typically what I'll do is I will just take the points. Uh, that, that way, if they don't win outright and they happen to lose by one or two, uh, I'll, I'll just have a little bit of insurance. Okay. Occasionally what I'll do is I'll, I'll play the full unit on the underdog. If I like the Chiefs, I'll take the Chiefs plus two, and, and then I'll maybe play another half a, unit, half a unit or whatever on the money line at what plus 110 or whatever it would be. But, but if I like the favorite, I'm just going to pay the tax on the favorite to win the game. Have you and I? I've been listening to Bear Bets. I know you're you're hot on the 49ers. Has I do that, like the Niners. Yeah. Any change as the week has gone on? Or are we sticking? No, firm? no. I'm I'm staying firm with, with with the Niners now. It was funny. I was talking about this with Jeff earlier uh, on one of our episodes about how I'm I'm going to bet the Niners to to win, but it's not going to be for a ridiculous amount or a big state because over the course of the year, and again, this is something that people do uh, who who bet like they look for times to to buy in and hop in at good low points, like when the 49ers had the three-game losing streak earlier this year, the odds to win the Super Bowl obviously drifted, and that was a good time to buy on the Niners because you knew they were going to be in the Super Bowl, and they were going to get healthy, and they weren't going to be slumping all year. Or like when the Chiefs were struggling offensively, you knew the Chiefs were going to win the division. You knew they were going to be in the Super Bowl. Find the time to get the best number on a Super Bowl winning, winning price, and now you're holding a pretty good portfolio of both the Chiefs winning and the Niners winning, and regardless of what happens, you're in good shape. You mentioned sort of amateur betting, sure. wagering, and if you want to sort of get into it a little bit more, the future market is really a way to go. And and it's something I had to learn as I kind of got into this journey where, like, I didn't want to bet futures because I didn't want my money tied up. And that's part mm -hmm. of it, right? Like, if you bet a future, right. your money is tied up. But the amount of options you have if you strategically bet futures to win money, get off your wagers, head wagers, is is a lot, like it's a significant amount and it makes it 
a less stressful Sunday if you sort of have this in your back pocket, knowing like I had Chiefs to win AFC Championship game, so I could bet Baltimore and feel fine doing so. I have Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. He has Niners, of course, and Chiefs. It just makes it so you make money no matter what at times, and it's a good way to sort of get into it. Hedge your bets. That's what I'm I don't hearing. really. I'm not a hedge. I'm not a hedge guy though, but you can. I thought Baltimore would win. That's why I sort of hedge on the Chiefs. Okay, I'm curious, and I mean, so much expertise here. And actually, it's funny going back to gambling not being accepted. My last job was working for an NFL club, so no way in hell, no way in hell. So I don't have a lot of history with this. I'm curious if either of y'all has like a great story from your time doing this of of gambling on the Super Bowl specifically. Yeah, yeah, yeah the the Titans Ram Super Bowl, uh, which I was working. Uh, ironically, but before before I even got down there, I had played a uh, a prop on Tory Holt to score the first touchdown in the game, and it was like fourteen to one, sixteen to one, somewhere around that. And uh, I was actually watching the game with Steve Young as nice. it was it, 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 going on, in the, yeah. and, and and like and and I was talking about this, and one of my other buddies was in there who knew. He's like, and, and he like overheard, and he's like, so you can. I'm like, oh yeah, and then when like Tory Holt scored, and I'm going crazy, and he's just Ooh. like, he was just like enamored and like just just like laughing and just infatuated with like, wait, you can like do this kind of thing because like I said, it's so foreign to people who've been in the league the entire life, and now to see a to see an idiot like me being able to bet on a player and actually comes through and you get a nice payday was pretty funny. I've only been wagering a couple of years since I obviously retired from football. Sure, yeah. it, it wasn't legal and we didn't have it in states and I obviously didn't wager when I played. So I don't have a great one other than just like sitting there on Super Bowl Sunday with a note card with all my wagers and like a pencil and trying to right. figure out like it's it's a different way to watch a football game, right? Where you're or you're rooting for a team, presumably, or not, but you're just rooting for your wagers. You're sitting there rooting for your wagers and it's a different way to watch the games on Sunday. Okay, now this next part of the show... I'm basically I'm I'm gonna steal y'all's job for a minute. Yeah. Just, You're allowed to. I've got three bets on the game. Okay. And I'm just gonna warn you now. I I borrowed inspiration from both of you. Please. Okay. I just want to see. You know, I'm gonna give my best bets for the game, and y'all tell yeah. me if you think I'm smart, dumb, crazy, whatever. Let's start out with my my number one. And this is I I feel so strongly about this, and I think Jeff, you were similar on this, and that's my guy Rasheed Rice. I feel I think you took the yards. I'm taking Rasheed both. Rice over six and a half receptions. I took both. You did. Okay. Yeah. It it feel it feels of all the things that you could bet on this game, I feel so rock solid about this. Yeah. And I actually went back and looked at it. Since Thanksgiving, he's gone over that in six of nine games. Like the Chiefs, halfway through the season, they figured out this is the only guy right. other than Travis that we can trust. We're gonna feed him the ball. On top of that, they've averaged Three and four targets. Three targets behind the line of scrimmage per game over that stretch. And uh, four targets per game within five yards of the line of scrimmage. So it's not even like Patrick Mahomes is targeting this guy deep down the field. I just feel so, so good that he's going to be a volume guy in this game. Yes. So the Niners are a defense that's very static. They line up and they do not move on defense, which is a really bad way to play Kansas City. You don't want to be a situation where Mahomes knows what you're doing, but also when you play so much zone as the Niners do, you find the holes in the zone and Mahomes has no problem throwing the ball quickly. And Rice is his target. It's Rice and Travis Kelsey. Those are his guys. And I feel like we could see Rice in the eight, nine, 10 receptions. He's also second in the NFL in yards per, per excuse me, yards after the catch. So that's why I like his, his yards over as well. So like 
could see him catching the football, getting on field. Debo's one, by the way, and he's number two in the NFL. So I'm on Rice in this game. Um, look, I think the game's going to go a certain way. I wager that way. If it doesn't go that way, I'll lose a lot of money. So I feel pretty good, you know, comfortable with the way I think of the game will go. And do you think with the Niners, with their secondary being uh, suspect, you might see some more targets further downfield than, than you normally would? Not for Rice, for MVS, which is why I like the MVS longest reception wager. But Rice is not that guy. He's the guy that's going to catch the ball sort of in the slot, you mentioned behind right. the line of scrimmage Easy with the targets, screens. Yeah. Um, and Mahomes showed against the Ravens, he throws the ball quickly when he needs to. And we saw in 2022 when the Chiefs played the Niners and the game plan they had there to throw the ball quickly and get it out. Some of those uh, end of rounds count as receptions, right? Those little tosses, those little toss right. forwards do. Top so pass, yeah. there's ways to get him easy receptions that really might not equal yards, but to get him over that number. Tell me if this the next one is recency bias because we obviously just saw him do it against the Detroit Lions. Number two, I've got... Kyle Juszczyk over half a catch. Oh, we're, we're both, we're, we're we, we both love this one, yeah. It feels, I mean, that feels like a lock. And I know, you know, he's he, he isn't a lock to get a reception every game, but against this Chiefs pass rush, I just, it just feels like an easy outlet. I assume the Niners are going to be in big personnel a lot in this game. It, it feels like a guarantee. And, and I love the idea that if he catches one pass, I'm done Win. worrying about this bet. Yeah. And you have to lay a little bit of juice on that. It was minus 140, yeah. 145, which yeah. is a, about the max most people feel comfortable laying on some of those wagers. Here's the thing. Sammy P brought this up on our podcast. I went and looked at it last night when I wrote my article for Fox Sports. I mean, he's played the Chiefs 22 and 19. Four targets, three targets, three catches, three catches, over 30 yards of both those, and a touchdown in the Super Bowl. So, and the two, we noticed the Chiefs the last couple of weeks, especially playing off, right, off coverage, not letting teams beat him deep. How many passes Josh Allen behind the line of scrimmage? Ten. Lamar had a bunch as well. So that's the guy, right? That's yep. juice in, in regular personnel, behind the line of scrimmage, a screen, something like that. And I think he's an opportunity to get that really quickly. Last one, Jeff. I'm going to follow your advice. I'm just going to bet on something I want to happen. I'm a <laughs> diehard LSU alum. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, anytime touchdown, it's just good odds. Do I feel great about it happening? No, but I would be ecstatic for the guy. But Why you, not have some you fun? See a lot, you see a lot in this game, though. You get players who aren't necessarily scoring a bunch of touchdowns. They're in the, like, you see the off guys, like like so much focus on yeah. Pacheco, Rice, Kelsey, whoever else. Like A lot of times you get guys who aren't necessarily the most obvious ones scoring at any time. We're scoring a first time, so I don't mind that at all. Remember last year Sky Moore scored a touchdown? Sure did. Kadarius Tony scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl? You never know. And you never know. And but the thing about Kansas City, too, is their equal opportunity. If you are running hot, you will play football. So if Pacheco comes in and plays well, obviously, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire comes in to, to spell him, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is playing good football, they won't feel like, I got to put Pacheco right. in the goal line. They'll let, let, let Edwards-Hilaire do it. So I think it's a good, what'd you get? Plus the Plus 600. Oh, 600? It's, I mean, it, not great, but like, I'll throw a little money on it. Why not? Like, you thought it'd be a little higher, right? For any time, it's probably about right, though. I, I think. He's like their eighth option. I, just, right. I can't wait to find out what Andy Reid, what the play call is, what food, what food is it going to be? McCall Harmon is plus eleven hundred, and McCall Harmon, in my opinion, has more of a chance to score a touchdown than Clyde Edwards does. Well, don't tell him that. You yeah, just, you, you just you just heard him. It's it's fine. Look, I'm going to ride. Here. I'm going to ride with my guy regardless because I need Clyde. 
this could be Clyde's last ride, I think, with Kansas City. So, I mean, let's get him in the end zone in the big game. Why not? It's not the podcast for this, probably, but LSU people, I don't think they ride, I don't think anyone rides harder for former LSU players than, like, the former college players than LSU, LSU fans do. Guilty as charged. You think LSU so? fans ride so hard for former LSU players. I mean, we could definitely do like a 20 minute segment on this. I, I, I willingly own it. Yeah. I, I've never seen that. a fan base. Maybe I'll just follow a bunch of LSU people on social media, but y'all like ride hard for former LSU we're, players. We're getting in the weeds here, but I think anybody from that 2019 team also yeah. is just going to inspire a ton of loyalty maybe, from maybe LSU that's what fans. It is. Because what, what, I've, what I've found with LSU fans is I think they are the most, again, not the podcast for it, but we're, we're, we're there already. They are the most brutally honest fans about their team they will they will criticize their team and and they will love on their team they're they're not rose-colored oh this everything is great and meanwhile they're three and four or whatever and oh we're gonna be like they are as honest and critical and hard on their team as any fan base i've seen but at the same time when they're going well they love their team and they're awesome. I love LSU fans. For I that. I hope my producers recognize how disciplined I'm being by moving off of this because two college football guys <laughs> are on the show and they want to talk about LSU. I could do this all day. I just look. I mean, Clyde, disappointing first round pick. It didn't work out the way the Chiefs wanted it to. But if he could get in the end zone and Great. make me some money in the process, perfect, it would be wonderful. Okay, we got to get y'all out of here quickly, but. It wouldn't be a gambling preview Super Bowl podcast without talking about the props. And Jeff, in particular, let's start with, I hear maybe you have a strategy about the Gatorade prop, which I think is everyone's favorite every single year. So for years, the Gatorade tended to match the jersey color of the winner. So let me explain. So if you wear a white jersey, you're not often going to drink colors that would stain your jersey. So, like, if you're drinking Gatorade, like an orange, red, yellow, it spills. It would stain a white jersey, red, or orange, or yellow. Doesn't it? So, if you look at the winners, white jerseys tend to be blue and purple, which don't stain. Clear. I think one year Tampa Bay won, but had or someone had someone had a white jersey with with orange. You look at the dark color winners. The Eagles had yellow. The Chiefs had orange. The dark color jersey winner tends to have like the ones that stain a little bit. And other ones have sort of the ones that don't stain. That makes sense. I just again the thought that goes into this is incredible. Look at the pa- the Patriots. I think looked up. They've won a lot of Super Bowls wearing white uniforms, and they all had blue for all of those. Uh, maybe Brady just likes the color blue. I don't know, but it tends to match pretty well. You you didn't expect a Crayola color swatch? Uh, no, not quite. Here, did you? No, I wasn't. I am curious though, Bear. Like this is a particularly I think. Um, it's a good Super Bowl for extracurriculars. Obviously, Taylor Swift is going to be in the yep. crowd. You can bet on, you know, over under five and a half times she's shown, which feels like an easy over in my opinion. But with these these kind of novelty props, like clearly there's a strategy for Gatorade yep. color. So can you strategize this stuff beyond just going with your gut? No, I mean you can. Well, yes, in terms of the halftime shows and the anthems. You absolutely can, and there are people that will. There are people that have done deep dives on how long Reba McIntyre has taken to sing the national anthem, and like they have discovered, like she rips through the national anthem, and it's like a minute twenty, a minute twenty-two, one fifteen. Like, so I would not expect a a long national anthem. Like they've gone back to like the nineteen seventies with, with, with her singing in the anthem. It's Eighty-seven and a half. Those yeah, so yeah, that, and that seems like it still might be a little, a, a little high, and then with the halftime show there are people who like 
go back and, and look at old Usher playlists, like to see what song did he open with, what song did he close with. Like they're 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 coming across like his old his like his 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 like R and B type sets. Like um, his first song was My Way. Sometimes it was Yeah. So it's like there are people that are hardcore in this now again. You can't necessarily get ridiculously large limits in this, but these are the fun novelty bets with the Super Bowl that people like to make. Do y'all personally get in on these, or do you leave that for the general public? When, when, when I can, when you have an opportunity to, and it's worthwhile, yeah, you do. Like the, I, I, again, yeah, the, there, there's information out there to be had. You're not <laughs> making money to make or break your bankroll on these wagers, sure. But these are the anthem. The halftime show, the sets and playlists are set. There's rehearsals. People are at those rehearsals. They sometimes share that information. So you can sometimes, you know, you have an advantage of, of knowing. I just, why not throw a few dollars on every time they show Taylor Swift? That's good for your bottom line. I just think and, it's and, cool. and, and, and there was a, uh, an NFL director out there who like, it was even said, like, she would be a gift from the gods for a, for, for, for a game producer. And Five and a half feels low five and a half feels like i you, agree you're good you're gonna get the one like gratuitous shot like right off the bat and, and then you figure if when the chiefs score regardless you're gonna get a shot of her when, when kelsey makes a big play you're gonna get a shot of her if they win like yeah, five and a half seems low they've been disciplined this whole time you know you hear like oh it's only 30 seconds a game this is it's the super bowl yeah. this is well, the no, game no holding back now. go for the gusto what? all right we, we any- saying, what if she's not like in the front of the suite though like she's like, I, I, no, she's, that, it, she'll be. I heard there's 165 cameras televising this game. She's going to have three on her no matter where she is, if, if I had to guess. All right. I'm having so much fun, but we do have to get y'all out of here. Before we do that, I would love your best bets. One one from each of you, just the ones you feel best about heading into Chiefs Niners. Yeah, I, I like it. It's a little, it's a little odd. There's a time of possession prop out there, like which team will have uh, the greater time of possession. And I like the Niners in this game because to have the greater time of possession. I think their game plan, I think you're going to see uh, more runs, potentially fewer incomplete passes. Uh, to potentially keep that defense on Patrick Mahomes off the field. So I, I think the way Kyle is going to call that game, I think the Niners will have a lot of a lot of clock, eat some things up, whereas with, with the Chiefs, they've had problems at times this year holding on to the ball. They, they went three and out a bunch in that second half against the Ravens last week and didn't necessarily hold on to the ball. So I think whether the Niners win or not is, doesn't matter here at all. But I do think I expect the Niners to have a pretty significant time of a session advantage here. I have Kyle check over three and a half receiving yards. Same. Yeah. Um, okay. okay. That's one of my best bets. I, again, I think if you look at the way the Chiefs play defense, coupled with how many times he's been on the field, the Chiefs, by the way, do not, uh, th- their defense is not terribly good against 21 personnel runs, 12 personnel runs. So, I mean, Juszczyk will be on the field, I think, a good amount in this game. And so, I mean, the opportunity to get him underneath, Brock Purdy get the ball out quickly. And just one catch, essentially. I mean, yeah. One catch yep. is probably what I'll need for this wager. So, uh, that one I like a lot. This, if if you're into this, this isn't even this isn't even the tip of the iceberg. If you want to get deeper into the strategy of all this, good advice for betting, how you can make a little extra money in addition to enjoying the game, Bear Bets is recording all week, just like us. They've got an episode every day this week leading up to the Super Bowl. Go get you some insight. Guys, I appreciate it so much. I hope you enjoy the game. Absolutely. Thank Anytime. You. That does it for today's show. Like Again, we're here all week, though. We got so much more coming. 
more episodes through the rest of the week leading up to the Super Bowl, and we will be here to recap it afterward as well. It's the best week of the year, guys. I appreciate it. As always, thanks to Jeff and Bear. Talk to you all next time. Make sure you're following us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Find the YouTube channel, wherever you get your podcast, wherever you get your NFL news. We will be there, and I will talk to you all real soon. Peace.